0: Stephen Coleman And we've got Nick Birch Clint Weldon
1: Welcome back Episode 714 And our guest Beer tonight is, is Tecate Tecate And uh,
0: you know I will be smoking Myself a Camel Blue Later Now that I'm Plugging them, Cigarettes are bad But uh, I love them.
1: And that. And the uh, filmmaking Industry there more style, Absolutely.
2: <clears throat> so, uh, Nick, I think you're going to start us off tonight,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those of you who don't know who we are, we run the 48-hour Gorilla film competition. Uh, the 48GFC, as we like to call it, is a film contest where filmmakers have 48 hours to write, shoot, and edit a short film. Um, you can find out more information and win $5,000. Go ahead and visit www.48GFC.com. Clint, what are we talking about tonight?
2: Oh, I think we're going to pick up with... <laughs> (laughs) That was like the most boring housekeeping ever. It was so, that was
0: so, so flat.
2: Me telling you about the GFC. I know you just did it. You did. No, it's like you're selling me a
0: vacuum cleaner. It's not so bad. I mean, it's, you got to feel you know, it's Nick. fun. It's I got to deliver
1: information to the people, and sometimes the information has to be clear and concise. Clear and concise. It can't always be razzle dazzle. Sometimes you got to get the nuts and bolts across.
2: All right, all right. Well, tonight I think uh, what would what were you talking about just before we started to roll? We were uh, you uh, had a good every, Star every, Wars. Every
1: nerd's favorite conversation: Star Wars, uh, yes. Star Wars, sort of A New Hope. <coughs> yeah. Um, so everyone, you remember the part in the movie where they're like, uh, TK-421, why aren't you at your post? And Luke comes out and he's like, oh, I've got a problem with my headset. Because they drugged the stormtroopers in the Millennium Falcon. You guys remember that? you remember?
0: Um, well, what we, movie is this? We remember it. Most right. people, most people uh,
1: pretty much remember No, it. most people remember it. Me, it.
0: Obi-Wan, you're my only hope.
1: Right. It's pretty much about as far as I think most people who watch the movie. People who are listening to this remember Regardless. Oh, sorry. What nobody ever really seems to think about with that particular scene is that the reason TK four two one isn't at his post is because he's been murdered. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously.
0: A a brash smuggler like Han Solo—that's what fucking happened. Who did? No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. on. Listen. So, uh, uh, uh,
1: eliminating. uh, uh, Hold on. Eliminating the whole Greedo shooting first debacle. Right. They They drug two stormtroopers up into the Millennium Falcon, murdered them. And then for the whole rest of like the trilogy, there are two dead stormtroopers rolling around in the cargo bay of basically the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. So that's why TK-421 is not at his post. He's at his post in the sky. Um, <laughs>
2: that's awesome.
1: That's all I have to say about they're that. Clones. That's
0: horrible. You ruined it. They're an abomination.
1: <laughs> they are. They're, cl- they're clones. No one No one no, cares. No, no one cares. They have no soul. Exactly. Clones do have no soul. For the, any of you clones listening, I'm sorry. You have no soul. You have no soul. <laughs> That was uh again. our
0: our podcast is not anti-clonist, just so you know. Anti-clone.
1: <laughs> we're pro-clone. It's, we're
2: pro- are we? I don't know. If we're not against it. We're not we're against pro-
0: it. We may not be for are we it. clone neutral. Yeah, I I, well, I, exactly. I think we're clone agnostic.
1: I think any good policy is clone neutral until there's a reason to be for or against. Clone neutral. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for dragging this. This
0: light-hearted conversation down there, Nick. Uh, so... Well, th- oh, I think uh, any conversation is uh, clone neutral. <laughs> it's clone oh neutral. Guy, Until uh, there's actually some human
1: clones.
2: Oh, he's from Maryland. You yeah, got yeah. the whole D.C. thing. You got to be politically correct. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. That's true.
2: That's true. <laughs> well, uh... So was would you say? Well, do you want to go in the whole guerrilla filmmaker? Like, is George Lucas a guerrilla filmmaker? Do yeah. we want to talk about what that
1: is? Yeah, you know what? Okay, so this is the guerrilla filmmakers on. So obviously to stay on topic, guerrilla filmmaking. What does that mean to us? Um, yeah, I mean you could make a case that George Lucas is a guerrilla filmmaker. I what mean, does it mean? What is guerrilla <clears throat> filmmaking? Um, what is it? A, a col- we say gorilla, and they always think gorilla. <laughs> yeah, like no, it's a gorilla, like gorilla, like gorilla, like guerrilla warfare. I You're think talking Mosin. about like Che. yeah Yeah,
0: i mean one of my favorite gorilla filmmaking scenes in an actual like big budget film is in ed wood where there he is he's filming glenn and glenda they're out on the street they're standing in front of the store and he's like there's the cops and we don't have a permit everybody run i mean it's awesome it's ed wood is
2: probably the original would you say
0: Oh, absolutely. I
1: mean, well, I guess it was absolutely. all kind of... Well, I mean, honestly, you're going all the way back. I mean, if you really want to go to the history of guerrilla filmmaking, you're really talking about the history of film. Because when this shit first started, there were no rules. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, you're you are going all the way back to, like, the beginning. And people were do, just doing crazy stuff. I mean, you think Buster Keaton and all that, walking out on the end of I-beams without ropes and, I mean, all that stuff. That's, that's about as guerrilla filmmaking as it gets. That's true, yeah. Ed Wood's a great example. I never thought about Ed Wood. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I mean I think I think probably our age demographic and most people our age listening to this if you know probably think Robert Rodriguez. I mean I would that, agree that's with that. the That's our generation. That's the quintessential guerrilla filmmaker, the guy that like was an 18-year-old kid and he pitched wrote, El Mariachi
2: edit. on uh, 7 grand.
1: The whole totally. thing,
2: and you know his the the story about him was that uh, he was so strict with his budget that when it came down to like they needed some new I, this is just a great story about um, uh, Robert Rodriguez he he wrote a book and um, I forget the title what was the title of the book we just put that on our Facebook
1: page today too. I don't remember. Uh, what it I was, can look into the GFC database right here. It was "Rebel and, uh, Without
2: a Crew." That's what it was. "Rebel Without a Crew." And
1: <clears throat> hold on, fact checking. Yes, yes you're fact check me.
2: And he talks about it. And uh, it, and in the book, there's a story about where they needed something and they, and they couldn't get it, and they wanted to go buy it. One of the crew wanted to go buy it, and he he said, "Look, it's not in the budget." you know he wouldn't authorize like a $5 expenditure so what he would authorize was like a $1 can of spray paint and he was like just spray paint this thing black and it's going to work and we'll make this happen and then mm-hmm. they would get it shot and 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 that's the kind of problem solving like on the scene I mean if, if he needed to get a shot up high he grabbed the ladder and he climbed up on the. Rodriguez is cool because he shoots most of his own stuff himself it's not like he's you know there's like 10 camera guys it's just him he would well, jump on a skateboard well, at I least remember in the early ate, days for sure and lay on his back on a skateboard and shoot see, this is in Desperado this is after he kind of had a budget and he would shoot things sure. on a skateboard, laying on his back. It was weird. to get
1: Well, I mean, controls. that's certainly the the spirit and tradition of of our contest do and I, all that. I, Why I,
0: I, you would shoot Antonio Banderas on his back? I mean, about this Desprado, he's she's downright dreamy. Wait, what Wait, Banderas? What? Huh? Who are you huh? talking? What? Banderas is dreamy.
1: What? What, what movie? Oh, we busted what, Steve. What, what movie were we talking about?
0: Oh, Desperado double, uh, gun.
1: that's, double uh, guns. double uh, guns,
0: double uh, guns. Moving on. on.
1: Uh, No, but, okay, so, listen, as Guerrilla Filmmakers Lounge, Guerrilla Film Competition, uh, what is it about that style of filmmaking that seems to inspire us? I can tell you, we didn't make these snobby, there's enough snobby, typical filmmakers, like, oh, I'm going to be a famous writer one day, and I'm going to do this. You know, the world is full of jack-offs like that, that basically, you know, nothing against wanting to be good, but sometimes you've got (sighs) to... Well, I mean, let's face facts. I mean, the the, the problem with the Not industry... Not that guerrilla filmmaking is bad. No, gorilla filmmaking is awesome, and it can be...
2: I mean, amazing. It, it, it's awesome, and it can be amazing, but let's face facts. The problem awesome with, with film as a medium is that the perception by the average person is that you need a lot of money, a bunch of people, a ton of equipment, and all of this support structure behind you to get... An idea shot. And there's about a million filmmakers. For every one that's actually done it, there's like a million people who would probably love to do it, but feel like they can't because they're restricted by what they don't have. And I think that one of the things that... It's all the, those
1: damn DVD extras making you think that you You think need you've got to be film.
2: Jerry Bruckheimer if you want to shoot anything. And it's you don't. And that's the thing, is that the guerrilla film... Uh, philosophy is get a camera get some people and go work with what you have and get it shot if your idea tell a good story tell a good story if your idea is good it's going to have legs. Someone somewhere will want to watch it, and they'll probably want to pay you for
1: it. I think Netflix is proving that. I mean, the the whole yes. idea of distributing independent film directly to the consumer. I mean, going back to what you said about the people and the perception right. is, and it's not necessarily funny, but I remember reading um, something about this a long time ago. You ever see children's drawings? They're always awesome. They're, like, full of imagination, and, like, mm-hmm. they're all of that. I'm sure, you know, you have a son, Steve. I'm sure you've seen... You know, his drawings, especially at a younger, younger age, are very, very imaginative. They did a whole study. And at some point during your life, somebody tells you you can't. And what happens is, is eventually, you know, when we're all kids, we all draw. And then, like, some of us go on to be artists only because we continue to believe that we can do it. Not because were necessarily any better than the other guy. And for film, for some reason, we're all bred to think, oh, you can't do that. You know, know,
0: I I, I hate to call you out on this sweet story, but have you ever seen children's drawings? Dude, that's a stupid question. Have you ever seen food? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen seen the sky? Have you ever seen the sky? I mean, it's it's, it's inspirational and all, but... Time. I was like, that was a was a good <laughs> moment though.
1: It was like that. It
0: was nice. It was I, I, good I for I did, I it's did not get, a good for our I show. I thought I thought, some, I thought I thought I Somebody
1: festive. somewhere was <laughs> going, like, yeah, I have seen kids drawings. <laughs> I have seen kids drawings. I collect them. <laughs> I <laughs> have been in the bath. You have seen my problem. Des, despite, <laughs> despite what the court says. You've seen my drawings.
2: <laughs> despite what the court says. What I like to do is I go to when I go uh, when I go to Goodwill to just see if can find cool stuff I like to buy photographs of other people's kids. <laughs> and I just hang them up in my house all over the place, so I've got all these weird like thousands we're, we're, just thousands <laughs> and and you know, people come over, and I'm just like, "Hey, you know what it's just, oh. so what are we doing this year that's different uh I mean I guess at the point For if the you're he- if you're hearing this, you probably already know, but if you're not familiar with what the forty eight hour film competition is and we got some some cool stuff going on this year right
1: yeah we got uh the prizes this year i mean the grand prize is awesome I mean, we're giving away $5000 um <clears throat> it's amazing we couldn't do it without our sponsors uh the Sarasota Film Society the John H Lamazdor Memorial Trust
2: okay so uh steve steve is left to go and uh, pick up some
1: uh more that. camels
2: more camels <clears throat> And uh, it's just me and Nick for the next 30 But they're seconds. actual camels. So no. we're going to get back on topic. But you were talking about... Uh, well, we were talking
1: about... Gorilla I don't f- you guys' guerrilla filmmaking. Gorilla
2: filmmakers, filmmakers that we grew up with and of our generation. And I think Whoa. that you mentioned something really interesting about James Cameron, who people generally associate with $500 million <clears throat> budgets. And he's the king. I mean, let's face it. He, Absolutely. I mean, James Cameron... He runs the show in Hollywood
1: at this point. I, I think you
2: could. Yeah, safely it's safe to say. I mean,
1: at this point, not only is he running the show in Hollywood, he's running the show at like camera companies and like. But it at, wasn't always that way. No, as a matter of fact, I mean, the background on Cameron. A lot of people may know this. A lot of people may not. Is he was a special effects guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, started like you know. I mean, I his first uh, main movie was like Piranha Two. But before that, he was. You know, working in the special effects department, the props department yep. so working work his way up th- from the bottom, <clears throat> and a lot of that spirit he's also an excellent illustrator by the way, like the Terminator and all that stuff like he illustrated those and designed them there's a cool story about that you want to tell <clears throat> him he in had second? a fever dream yeah he had a he had a weird fever dream while and that's where the idea of Terminator came to him he was in a um a really bad like Terrible, hundred and three, hundred and four degree fever. Like you know, the to kind of like lay up and like you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And in the middle of a fever dream, he had this weird vision of a metal man um, walking out of fire. And he woke up and drew it. And that drawing still exists. And if you ever see it, and maybe we'll show it on the podcast at this point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is actually, uh, almost identical to what the Terminator ended up get looking. Get down. Get down. Get to the chopper. But anyway, um, come, come with, with me <laughs> if you want to live. The Terminator is a great example of guerrilla filmmaking Because yes they had a budget And yes it was green lit And it did have studio support But it was kind of a small film for what it was And uh, Arnold was obviously unknown And um, at that point I think he'd done Hercules from the He'd done movie. Hercules but they dubbed the hell out of it Yeah you know I mean it was not Like the expectations for Terminator yeah. were not high um, and as a matter of fact, at one point their budget was so low they had a couple of pickup shots that they have left to do and there's a scene that um, was shot later in the film but it occurs earlier in the movie where uh, Arnold basically, and I'm on a first name with him, Arnold um, <clears throat> he, There's the official beer of the GFC Tecate. Arnold Anyway, Arnold basically punches through a glass window, and the and the story is is that basically they had no more permits and no more crew and no more budget, and essentially they basically took Arnold out into the middle of a street. Um, it was like Cameron, Arnold, and like two other guys to film it and sort yeah. of light it, and um, they. Arnold Schwarzenegger just literally put his fist through a glass window of a random car on the street. And that shot is real and legit. That's guerrilla filmmaking. And I
2: believe he did
1: it. I believe if anyone could do it, Arnold was that guy. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> now, um, to any you, contestants you res- out there, don't do that.
2: Oh, don't do that. We believe that there should be nothing limiting you from making the film that you want to make. Now, that being said, we also don't think you should break the law. What you do is up to you. And and it's you have to you know make judgments for yourself. I mean, if you don't have a permit to shoot somewhere, okay, well that's just some bureaucrat somewhere telling you that you can't shoot here. If you want to shoot there without a permit, that's up to you. When it comes to jumping off of buildings and putting people's lives in danger or risking you know injuring, yeah, somebody, we can't condone that. We don't way. condone that, and that's not something like if you're punching through a car window. I mean, let's let's just a quick story. Last year, uh, in well 2010, we had two teams use live ammunition. Like for the first time, that was a new evolution. This is like a like a weird thing. The one-upsmanship had its finest. The one-upsmanship, truly, these, these guys had competed before. Uh, everybody had seen each other's films. They kind of, uh, you know, you, you see who wins and, and you go, I could do better than that. And everyone's got a couple tricks up their sleeves. Well, I happen to have this, you know, kick-ass 12-gauge and I can, you know, we'll get a cop and we'll do this crazy thing. But uh, at some point, you do have to, to, to bring in uh, common sense into the equation. Now, luckily, both teams did hire off-duty police officers to come supervise the shoot. They did go through it the right way because they had called us and, uh, and asked how they go about that. But, uh, you know, there's a point where you can't just... I, I mean, I got an email one time. Somebody wanted to blow up a car. Right. Yeah. And as we don't want to blow up a car. I was like, Well, you go do what you want, but just don't break any laws and don't kill anybody, as far as we're concerned. I'm pretty sure blowing up
0: a car is always breaking the law.
1: Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean yeah.
0: as long as it's you very seldom the... a circumstance
1: well, just... in which it's like, Well, okay.
0: I don't condone it, but I do like to sing it. Breaking law, breaking <laughs>
1: I think it's going to be our bumper music.
0: We're
2: going to have to use that of a <laughs> at some point. Well, well there, 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 I mean, wouldn't you agree that there, there's a, there's a point where it's like, we, we, we there's do, a common
1: sense boundary. There's yeah. a
2: spirit of rebellion. There is a kind of a punk spirit to it. I mean, like, you, you're going to go out there and, and do what you do. But at some point, it's like, guys. You're making movies here. Well, yeah,
1: but you're making movies. I mean, you're making movies. uh, the the spirit of the competition is to eliminate the boundaries for you to make a movie, not to eliminate the boundaries of the laws of gravity or to eliminate the boundaries of the law. Right. You know, I mean, it's not about being retarded for lack of a better word. I mean, like, go make a movie. Do your best. Don't be an idiot. We were talking about Terminator 1, and let's go back to Terminator 1 do Don't a punch your hand through a glass, we glass just, window. It's a uh, funny story 20 years later because they're famous and rich.
2: We were really lucky. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we got to hang out with uh, Bill Paxton was in town. And Bill Paxton, for those of you who may be a little young uh, who don't know, Bill Paxton was in Terminator 1. It was one of his first films. And he was one of the punks that greets Arnold. the first When Arnold first comes back in time. And he walks out naked, and the guys with the Mohawks and the Liberty spikes walk out, and they're like, "Hey, nice day for walking." Steve's a walk. very familiar with that scene. Steve knows that scene because Steve walked around naked in, in punk parks a lot. Um, but that one of those guys was Bill Paxton. Anyway, we talked to Bill Paxton at length,
0: and he did a he did a little Q and A after a screening of Twister. We had a chance actually, to, considering the scene. I, I, I think he did a little t and A. Not he did a little TNA. He, he was
2: great, though. We, we, we had a great chance to chat with him, and, awesome he, and he, he kept awesome making guy. one really
0: good point. And we,
2: we, we asked him, um, "What is the best advice that you could give a filmmaker who was out in Hollywood or in New York trying to make it?" And or, or uh, it was an actor. It was an actor, not a filmmaker. And he said, "The best thing I can tell you is to work with good directors. Find yourself." a director who is, is doing really good work, even if they're under the radar, they're not known yet, and get in with them and just start working with them. Someone who understands the score and kind of knows
1: how to play the game. Well, he was very adamant on the point that this, you know, is a director's medium. I it's mean, a it director's really medium.
2: We also recently had a chance to talk with Werner Herzog, who was here, and he also said a similar thing. Now, Werner, as a director, uh, actually teaches a
1: course uh, called the, "It's the Rogue Film School. Right. Which is very, which similar. is very the, the you know the spirit of it is right in line with the GFC There's no doubt about that. You know, and, and,
2: awesome. and, and so I, I think when you get down to it, I mean, it's like there is a gorilla spirit. spirit. There, there there's a lot of opportunity to go out and just like do crazy stuff and 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 and, and get
0: wild and and. You know, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt, but rogue sounds so much more classy than gorilla. Rogue is more. classy just, it sounds like I'm going to be riding a, a horse and probably wearing an
1: ascot. An ascot, a rogue. so European. It is. is. It is. He is German, though. It's he's, like, a, it's it's like, a, he's Bavarian. He's yeah, yeah. Bavarian. Bavarian. Oh, no, I, I apologize to you. He's scholar. Any I'll be, I'm
0: going to have an ask. On. No, wait, hold on. Bavaria is in German. He's
1: but he's Bavarian, to be specific. Yeah, no, I was in Bavaria. It took me a minute. I was like, wait, wait, fuck, I've been to Germany. What? Yeah, Bavaria is the Bavarian Forest it's in Germany, yeah.
2: But but getting back to the point is that, like, obviously Cameron's a great director. If you were in with Cameron 30 years ago, clearly your career is is fine today. I mean, there's a point where it's like, if you were in with Robert Rodriguez in the beginning, clearly you're still working today. I think there's a lesson to be learned there. It's like, when you... Uh, not just so much with guerrilla filmmaking or with filmmaking in general, but I mean, just like in ride the,
1: light. the lightning. You, you, Metallica you, said it best.
0: Not metal up your ass. How did you know that? As to this conversation. That's just, me, that Metallica just, said that too. Damn it! That's just a Steve quote. That's in life.
1: That's also a metal, what's Metallica quote.
0: But I, I mean,
2: I think it, I think it boils down to you need when you're working with people in the creative industry. Sorry. <clears throat> when you're working with people in any creative endeavor, you really need to find someone who's a leader. Who's who? If you're, maybe you're that guy, or maybe you 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 have a friend who's that guy. But find someone who's good, who really knows what they're doing, and who has a body of work to back themselves up, I and agree. work with the, those people. And maybe, because those are the people that are going to to help you grow to the next level.
0: Yes. Maybe your friend's that guy. Your friend. Maybe friend's it's Houston Maybe you're that. Guy. Maybe it's, it's your second cousin's that guy, and he's the leader. <laughs>
1: I, lazy I got a question for you If you had right now Somebody's like Fucking busting They're fucking terrorists You have no idea This is a weird And they're crazy Scandinavian terrorists Alright Oh, so right? This
0: isn't Red Dawn
1: This is not Red Dawn These are crazy like Big Lebowski Norwegian Scandinavian terrorists Which you see all the this. time I believe it's our next group We've got to watch out uh, for Oh yeah <clears throat> The, so, they come busting in right now. They're, like, ridiculing your furniture because it's not from Ikea. And what they're doing is they demand that, like, in two days, you need to come back with a finished film. And you've got no equipment, no gear, no right. nothing. Now, what do you do? You're the filmmaker. Um, yeah. Um Well, I mean, I think... <sighs> It's such an unlikely
2: scenario. There's just no chance of that ever happening. But I, all right, you make a good point.
0: Hey, it's hey, like hey. I, I don't care. I don't care what the the media the media tries to portray. Caneves can get angry. Well, they can get angry. They can. Um, and they're very Nordic. Yes, yeah, so they, they, they can get, they can get mean and they. are
1: Typically tall. We'll all learn that in no, Thor uh, coming this summer.
2: I think what you're getting at though is <laughs> I'm I mean, not tall, so they, they can yeah, be tall. It's intimidating. You're saying like what? What really are the nuts and bolts of it? I mean, like when you, you got to make a movie. What do you do? Give some advice to the listener at home. Well, I mean, I think the first thing I would say is that uh, don't be limited by what you think. What do they call it? They call it. it, it there's a photographer that I love, love to follow named Zach Arias, and and his whole thing. Zach is, Efron.
1: Zach Efron. I'm sorry, what's I his should... website?
2: Uh, well, it's Zacharias.com, I believe. Z- you know, Z- Z- nice. Yeah,
1: you're going to R-A-R-S-S. plug him. But fix, anyway, his whole thing is
2: time. don't get gas. And gas is gear acquisition syndrome. Don't get into this mindset that you have to go out and buy uh, the best camera or the best microphone or the <clears throat> best tripod or whatever. Just use what you have, and if
1: you use what you have well enough... In other words, if you just have this one more piece of equipment, that's what's holding
2: Right, you. and you. Right, and, and, and a, lot, a lot of the filmmakers that I know, and I think a lot of the people that we've dealt with in years past are victim to this or fall victim to it at some point or another. No, and they just say, look, well, oh, when I get the new, you know, Mark II, I can, then I'll be able to do this. Or I just need this 50 millimeter prime lens and then I'll be able to do X. Or I just need this, you know, uh, this, this really smooth tripod head that, that you know, it's going to cost me $400. And then I can get this shot or I got to get this dolly or this jib. And, you know, at some point it's like, go make the movie. Just go do it. I mean, you can sit there for... I've watched guys sit there for years, two, three, four years, trying to get the perfect combination of gear. You have a camera in your pocket. If you have an iPhone, you have an HD video camera in your pocket. You know, look at the stuff that's on YouTube. 99% of it is junk. If you can tell a story... No one cares what your camera, what you know, what camera you use
0: to hey, shoot. Uh, hey, a GFC movie can be filmed on a flip cam. It doesn't exactly. matter, and it can be a quality movie. It's story, not equipment. That's exactly Pl- plain, right. Plain and simple, it's creativity. It's story. You you can film it on a flip cam. You can edit it in iMovie. You can edit it in any freaking off the shelf, nearly free yep. program, and still come out with a great movie because you have a great idea. It's an idea it's That's not it. about equipment it's not about s-
1: editing skill it's not about what school you've gone to it's- do you think that part of the reason the quality level over the last couple of years and we did talk about earlier about yeah. how the idea um, <clears throat> you know the the notion that over the course of this competition the films have been getting better and better Right. Um, we started this pre YouTube, um, and you know now we're in a post YouTube world. So, do you think the reason the films are getting better is because the equipment is easier to access, or do you think it's because the filmmakers are getting legitimately better?
2: I think it's both. Uh, I completely agree. I think. I, think I mean, I think you get to a point where um, I mean, you you have to consider that the, the equipment gets cheaper every year, and 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 think of it this way: your camera. The iPhone, what is it, 720
1: mm-hmm.
2: HD in your iPhone? Yeah. Yep. Okay, and everyone's like, 720p. Oh. And there are people out there who would go, oh, well, that's adequate, or, or oh, that's still shitty HD, or, or oh, it's not as good as the Mark II, or whatever. But, I mean, think about this for a second. Just stop and really think about it. This is an HD. Let's just start with HD. That didn't even exist five years ago. Well, I don't know, five years ago, but ten years ago, that wasn't even a thing. It and would it's never be as good phone. as film. It's in your phone, and it's in your pocket, and it weighs the less than a pack of cards. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, you were shooting on, like, VHS, and you I remember, I remember one of the first cameras I had. You had to carry a VCR with you and a VHS tape in the VCR, and it was in a backpack. You had to wear it, and you had to carry this gigantic camera rig on your shoulder like and here I am at like nine years old, trying to shoot stop motion with my little action figures. And today, it's like you have a camera, an HD camera in your phone. So uh, there is a point where the, the 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 cost of having access to these things does diminish, and that excuse goes away because you have great equipment. You said something just a minute ago, Steve, about technique. It's like, you don't have to be the best editor, and it doesn't matter what school you went to. No, it doesn't matter what school you went to. And it used to be that the reason film schools were so important, if you went to USC or NYU... It, it, it was It was because that was the only place to get access to filmmaking equipment. It was expensive. I mean, you had to have access to a $60,000 camera to shoot your movie. But these days, you don't have that problem. And, and you had access to expert advice. But these days, YouTube makes that available at your fingertips. So at some point, you kind of just have to throw all your excuses out the window and say, like, I just have to go do this.
0: Yeah, and I'm not undermining higher education by any means. I mean... Hey, if you want to go to film school, go to film school. Hell yeah. If you want to go to any kind of school, go to school. But for this contest, for the, in, in the pretext of what we are talking about, this is a contest for people to go, I want to make a movie, and I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm just going to go do it. Look, look at, for example, the best filmmakers that you've ever heard of.
2: Okay, Spielberg, film school dropout. Tarantino. Never went to film school that I'm aware I believe his famous quote is, I never went to film school, I went to films. Kevin Smith, same thing. Didn't go to film, well, went to film school briefly and then quit and took the money that he would have spent on film school and made a film.
0: Which, which... which... As a digital movie, you could make for a quarter of what he had to make it back
1: then. Yes. On real film. Yeah, he did it on thirty-five millimeter stock, spent thirty thousand dollars on credit cards on the film. That same thirty thousand dollars applied to a digital film, he would have made a hundred thousand dollars. Can you
2: imagine? I mean having thirty
1: thousand dollars. I mean, if you
2: really get down to it, and let's just say for a second you didn't care about paying your bills and you didn't really care about, you know, you know, making credit card payments, and you just really went out and maxed out everything. 30 grand's a lot. I mean you could do a lot. I mean I mean you look at uh you know Clerks is a classic. I mean and I'm just talking about our generation. I mean we're all you know we're all in the 30-ish late late 20s I would say but I mean that, for our generation we're, clerks. We're, is are 30 something somebody should make a show about it 30 something I, I, <laughs> but I mean Clerks Clerks was it Clerks Desperado El Mariachi I mean there was a, a Tarantino Reservoir Dogs these guys blazed a trail I mean they really did and, and, and these films were made for pennies compared to what most people think you need
0: to make a movie and, and so awesome. much of the money was spent on film that you just don't have to spend now. I mean, but what was with it? digital technology half of their budget was spent on literally on the film and the developing. You don't have to spend that kind of money. Well, and you made a great point, Steve. It really boils
2: down to story. I mean, look at go look at go watch Reservoir Dogs. It's awesome. I mean, the story is awesome. Go watch Clerks. I mean, if if Find me a 22-year-old kid or a 23-year-old kid who hasn't felt like that at some point or another. That story resonates. It's a generational story. The reason
1: Ringling College of Art and Design is the number one school in the country for animation is because they focus on story and not technology. Ringling was just picked the most wired campus in the country, according to Wired Magazine and several other national publications. There are two computers there for every student. That's ridiculous! It's unbelievable. I mean, absolutely it's unbelievable. Because you consider years ago, I mean, it was like you used to have to fight for computer time. But they are number one because they focus on story. Yes. And I don't care if it's animation. I don't well, care if it's uh, short film. I don't care if it's documentary. You make focus a on really, the story.
2: You make a really good point. And this is something that I always tell. I always told my interns and 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 anyone who's ever asked me for advice on on filmmaking and. I'm very consistent with this one piece of advice, which is your script is where everything starts and stops, and it is the it is the place where everything else is decided. It costs you nothing to make a change in your script, but it can cost you thousands of dollars to shoot whatever change you just made in, in the real world. So when it comes to writing your script, if... if with a, with a pencil or a pen or a word processor or whatever, you can make changes to the fundamental basics of your film that can save you thousands of dollars or cost you thousands of dollars. So it all starts and stops with the script and the story. And, and if if there's a part in your film where a guy is in a car and he turns the key and it explodes and kills the guy... And you can't figure out a way to shoot that, well, then just go back and edit the story. And maybe that's not how this guy blows up. Maybe something else happens. And you don't have, suddenly, this thing that would have stopped you from making the film in the first place is no longer an obstacle. You just go back to the script and you change it. Sometimes people get really wrapped up in the story. And I think that they get hamstrung by their own idea. And they feel like this is something, oh my God, well, this guy has to, there's gotta be. Yeah, it's a drug deal gone bad, and suddenly there has to be a sniper because that's what was in heat, and that's what I have to do, and I've got to have this whole other thing, and there has to be a big shootout, and it's like, guys, just stop for a second. Like, what are you trying to do here? Like, do you want to make a cool movie, or do you want to just have a cool scene, or do you want to have a shootout, or whatever? Go back and rewrite the
0: scene. Go back and rewrite this. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, about. I it. think it's the same well, of
1: any art form.
0: I, absolutely, I, I, I mean, you think could, about yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Think about the the shootout scene in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, wait. What should I see in Reservoir Dogs? You only see see, it's It's only remembered. It's implied. The entire movie takes place in like three locations, maybe, maybe four. The budget. It's almost zero, but do you feel it? Do you feel like you saw? And seventy percent of minute? it went to Harvey Keitel hey, just to get him. Weird on. side. Yeah.
1: Weird <laughs> sidebar about Reservoir Dogs. Uh, most people don't know. Did you know that Danny DeVito was actually a driving force behind that movie? I did Pulp know Fiction. That. Did you know that? Yes. Uh Danny DeVito actually was so impressed with Reservoir Dogs and helped underwrite it, and was a pretty big fan of Quentin Tarantino's. He actually paid in advance. Quentin Tarantino, $900,000 for the rights to his next script, which just so happened to be Pulp Fiction. So basically, Danny DeVito was blown away and helped fund the initial movie, but was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And essentially went, here's 900 grand. I want whatever you're attaching your name to next. Also, Quentin Tarantino, when he delivered the script, delivered it as Pulp Fiction Final Draft. By Quentin Tarantino, well, and that brings I, us to I'm our next. I'm not taking any editing. This is my fucking movie.
2: <clears throat> well, that brings us to our another topic that I think you know. Uh, but
1: Devito's how Travolta ended up being in the movie.
2: Well, I, I think this this, this brings up another point that I think people need to understand about the industry. If that, if you want to be a filmmaker, if you're getting into it, and this is something that you want to pursue, I, um, it, a lot of people think it's like, well, who who you know. It's a connection thing. It's really who knows you. And I think that that's something that it's a, it's a small thing that a lot of people miss. It's like, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. But I think that's... If you put that, your name what, out there... Then what you, you're
1: talking about is networking. It's, you're well, talking about getting your name out there.
2: You might not know the guy that can make your career. But he might have heard of you. Or she might have heard of you. Through a friend of a friend of a friend who saw this thing on YouTube who sent them a link. So the trick is put yourself out there. And in order to put yourself out there, it's like Robert Rodriguez said he's like, Look, I may have won, you know, a hundred awards for all my films, but that's because I made a thousand films that you, I mean, you may have never seen. <laughs> Nine hundred of them, but the ones that want... i mean, for every award I won, I made ten films or whatever it was. You have to keep doing it. You have no, to keep I, I, getting out there. it's important. Point.
0: Seven degrees of separation meets karma. Really, it's it's uh, it's like Point it's Break. you know, and uh, good things come to those who wait. Well, here's versus, a question uh, that I think is don't it, stop thinking about tomorrow.
1: I think. <laughs> I think you pretty much open this up to to anybody, whether you're a musician or a filmmaker or or what have you. I mean, is <clears throat> right now the day and age that we're in is it easier for musicians and filmmakers, or is it harder? Is it a situation? Oh no! Well, hold on! Is, hold on! Let me just finish. Is it a situation in which you're lost in a sea of a swarm of artists, and therefore, how do you possibly break through? Or is it better because now you can get directly to the... What do you think?
0: Um, I think you were always lost in a sea. I mean, imagine trying to, you know, 20 years ago, produce an album. You had to get signed. You were lost in a sea. Um, At least now, you have the option to self-produce. I think the same goes for movies. You were always, like, taking your movie's ideas and throwing it at studios, going, please, look at me. I'm here. Now you have the option Self-produced. You didn't even have that option. I think there's as many people making movies as ever before, but now you at least have. I can try the studio. I can try putting it online. I can do it myself, or I can go the traditional route. You have the option. You yeah. could not even do that before. It, so
1: if okay, if you were making a movie right now and you had the option to distribute it through Netflix or go try to sell your script to a movie studio, which would what would you pick? Um. Well, personally, definitely Netflix because. It did the
0: other the other route seems. unfortunately no, when I say oh, Netflix, oh, but, I don't mean Netflix specifically, but, but, but online Netflix distribution. But online distribution, YouTube, whatever. It's just because the other one seems, after years and years of you're always thinking, well, I have to know somebody, I have to be into the scene, I have to know, I have to be into the circle. It seems so inattainable that I would just be like almost automatically, I'm going to try to do this myself. It's like self publishing a book, putting out an album on your own, or just you saying, could be. I am the next out. Justin Bieber. I, if I dream, if you dream, do I, I dare to dream? Can, do I dare to dream? You're of my Bieber. next Justin Bieber. <laughs> I that's just
2: something I need to put out there tonight. <laughs> but I think you're right. I mean, you make a good point. It's like <coughs> you can go out to Hollywood, and you can go out to New York, or you could go anywhere, and and. and and try to make it, but ultimately,
1: we asked Paxton this. I mean, we did actually ask Paxton this. You know, did he believe that you had to be in Hollywood or could you make it anywhere now? And he said for him, he made a really good point. (coughs) And I have to say that, that
2: what, what Bill Paxton had to say about that was, was this, you can make it anywhere. Blanket statement. But when you go to Hollywood, Everyone else in that city, for the most part, 95% of those people are there for the same reason. And you will meet other people who are into what you're into. and More opportunity. Some,
1: more opportunity. But at It's some squeaky point, wheel gets the grease well, is what he was saying. And
2: I, and I think that he made a really good point without actually coming right out and saying it is that if you're in the right group, you don't have to be the guy who, is, who makes it. I think one that of the guys I, in the group has to be the guy who makes it. Your chances expand because you're at a group. Once that guy in the group, who or girl, whoever it is, gets their break, if you're part of the group, you're going to rise up with them. I mean, think I about. I think that
0: entire paradigm is on its way out. You think? That's my opinion. I, I think. I completely I agree think with that. I think as we move into a more global type of internet-driven media, that that whole thing of only record companies well, can sign people, and they can. What about bit in your films? Yeah, you let's let's that talk that about in. this for a o- second. Only music company, oh, only you. big, you know, big uh, cinema houses can go ahead and say, "Hey, you're now going to make a movie." I think. Do I think it's going to end tomorrow? No, but do I think it is on its way out? Absolutely. I think. Well, I think Nick, you made I a agree dinosaurs, agree. dinosaurs will is, die. I, I believe it's a dinosaur that's dying. Absolutely.
2: Actually, the name of Nick's next film: Dinosaurs Will Die. It's about it's a time traveling cop stop. who fights dinosaurs. A heart of gold,
0: heart of gold. Grab the heart
2: of gold. Heart of, it's a time traveling. It's time traveling web designer with a heart of gold who fights dinosaurs. Rhyming musical who's learned karate from. No, but you made a good point about Netflix. Striker. You brought up, you brought up Netflix, and let's 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 talk about Triker. Netflix for a second because Netflix,
1: Triker. Trenton strike
2: Netflix. Uh, there's a lot of ways to get entertainment. <laughs> Trenton. Um, I hope he's listening. Right? I hope you are listening. <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's going to be a guest on a future show. But, um, and we'll get into that later. But uh, Netflix. There's a lot of ways to get digital entertainment. There's a lot of ways, ways to get entertainment via your computer or um, over your Xbox or whatever. Stream Streaming entertainment. Mm-hmm. I do agree that that is the way of the future. That is where we're going. Netflix, to me... And Amazon are the top two players in that field. Netflix has the lead right now, but that's because Netflix has been around in this business a little longer. Now, to that point, Netflix, I think it was two, it was like, well, within the last week, just announced that they have finally reached a point where they have gotten their own original content they have bid on a show kevin spacey uh, a kevin spacey and they, show
1: and they got the rights to it they actually tried this a few years ago with dvds because they had the, yes. the red envelope distribution network short-lived very short-lived and you know it was it was interesting thing in the filmmaking industry but yes no now they are actually now <clears throat> actually they're going to step further because that was more geared towards the independent filmmaker right. and i don't think they've 100 percent killed it off which is good for hopefully those listening to this, but they are now competing with HBO and Showtime and Disney and ABC and all those networks as a distribution channel for high-end. Basically, their answer, because what's happening is the movie studios are going, well, we're going to limit the we're going to cut off your content because we need to make dvd sales and they're going okay cool well we'll just go straight to the production company and then outbid you to get the content
2: well and what is that that's the guerrilla style man that's like let's go get this thing done let's what do we have we have a ton of money and what do we want we want content let's go make it happen i wish and I, th- I like that spirit excited. i do too I like the fact that Netflix is is playing hardball with these networks because, you know what? I'm tired of networks telling me which shows are good and bad and and deciding which shows get produced and which shows get canceled. You know, if I can vote with my dollars through my Netflix subscription and and what I watch, that tracking data goes back to them and they can make decisions based on it. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Screw the Nelson household. I mean, with Netflix – Someone can go, hey, our show got literally not a Nelson not a Nelson result of we think.
1: Nielsen. Whatever. You, know, you said it twice. We had to cry. Like Leslie uh, Nielsen. You know, like. Like the naked gun. Like, not like half Nelson. Like, I'm going to go home and cry.
0: For my mispronunciation. I'm from the Northwest. Anyway, and stuff. I'm just, I'm just bailing. But you make a good point, though. I mean, it's. It, Steve's bailing
2: But uh <laughs> He's actually leaving Rather studio. than leaving it up To a To an uh, Kind of a Scooty Semi-ambiguous ass, I'm going home uh, Mishmash of data
1: Sort of gathered through some it's Old It's hard data I mean that's a cool I mean This, I mean, is,
0: this is a real deal Regardless of minus mispronunciation, I mean it, it is It is the real deal They can get actual clicks Actual downloads Totally Totally weird trade-off. You can see in real time wow. What people are actually doing. Yeah, you
1: want to know The scary thing about that And this is good and bad From that point of view Is um this is now going kind to of stray off topic, but it would be fun to talk about Microsoft, right connect yeah. yeah, they came out and said that they are envisioning very soon as in they're doing it right now in testing um advertising based on how many people are in the room because yeah, the yeah. camera can see it yeah you' you're off topic dude
2: no that's no that's on top you want to know what Microsoft's gonna do in five years Watch Nothing. what Apple's
0: doing now <laughs> And they will try to do it in five years, and they'll Art, Art Bell is coming on in a minute, and uh, it's it's alien conspiracies, and they're filming your house.
1: But they might do that, though. No. Uh,
2: Nick just posted a horrible photo of me to Facebook without uh, my permission.
1: Yeah, but I classed it up. I made it black and white and desaturated things and upped the contrast. Do was, you have to good. give
0: his permission to post
1: his photos? No. Well, I, don't, I mean, don't believe so either. I don't either. believe so either. We're, we're here in a public forum. I mean... You sign up for this, sir. But, yeah, but they don't know I don't wear
2: pants on these <laughs> till now. That was our secret. <sighs> uh, anyway. All right. Well, on that note. Um, well,
0: then, no pants.
2: I guess it's about time. We're about 50-something minutes. Yeah, I, I minute. think that's a good I note to end it I'm on. I'm going to pretty much wrap it up. I don't wear pants, and Nick's take pictures and post it on Facebook. That
1: seems no like a good time to end this party. Pretty much time to wrap it up. It's how all parties end, usually, that I've ever been to.
2: Well, uh, do we want to go into anything that we're going to do in the future? We are going to leave that
0: out. Well, Probably join us uh, next so week. Nick we plan to have I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I,
1: I didn't think anybody was listening. I thought. I How often are we going to do
2: these? You want to Is sing this off? like a weekly thing? No, we'll is be here next off? week.
1: Absolutely, and um, we'll have a female guest with us, Look which at will be Nick, nice. Dialing us into actual expectations. Female. Someone out there is going to be disappointed. No, no. We're locking in. We might. We might go by winning. All right, but um, we're saying vibes. Oh, that'll yeah. date this podcast. Charlie date. Sheen yeah. reference. Yes, you could tell it was 2011. I when want Charlie Sheen to be a, a celebrity judge. I want Charlie Sheen just to hang out. What? Maybe that's our challenge. I
2: don't know. I'm just throwing it out there.
1: Anyway, I think we wrap it there. Thank you for listening to these ramblings <laughs> at totally this point. And um, we'll see you next week. Uh, if Again, uh, go check out the competition, 48GFC.com. Uh, you or your filmmaker friends could win $5,000. Um, and we promise to be more entertaining in the future. <laughs> I think that's... A no, this was awesome. Was it?